episode 26 where we always discuss the latest Nebraska issues. I'm Stephanie and here with me today as always are my co-hosts Melody and April. Hey ladies. Hey. hey. How's it going? It's good. I had a good weekend. It was just wonderful. What was so good about April? I didn't really have any plans. Um, Yeah. Nothing set. And so then like mid-afternoon Saturday when the kids were like let's go fishing I was like yes let's and we caught like 10 fish and threw them all back great and then like today when my husband ripped a hole in his sweater I was like let's go buy a new sweater and he's like yeah let's (laughs) because we're wild and crazy I love how you started off COVID like becoming you be were a bird you became a bird expert in your yard (laughs) Which is we why saw a I, northern flicker today, too. I just want you to know. And right. I bought more bird seed today. This is mm. why you're a bird nerd. Mm-hmm. And then you moved into becoming a watercolor expert. And well. now you're a fishing <laughs> pro. No, it's that easy at Holmes Lake. You just throw a worm in shallow water and you will get one at Holmes Lake. And it's very rewarding. <laughs> I just I just feel like you've done some really cool stuff this year with your life. You've taken you know, on I, some cool hobbies. I do appreciate that flashback. You're making me feel really good. Thanks. You are, you are really good. This is another nerdy thing, but I like to keep a list of things I've accomplished or dealt with and or overcome in a year. Every year oh. I do it, I have a list. So like sometimes it's something major, like I want a fellowship or I bought a bird feeder, <laughs> which isn't major. And sometimes it's like three out of the four of us survived the stomach flu and I didn't ever get it. <laughs> Seriously though, that is a big win. I know. That's a it, true story from last year. Like everybody's puking but me. <laughs> yep. Well, now that we're all wearing masks, when it comes cold and flu season, the it minute be somebody gets funky in my house, I'll wear a mask in my house. Why not? not make, the funky one, have them. make the funky one wear a mask. I, also, I am, I'll be making the funky flying. one wear a mask. I'm never flying without a mask again. God, airplanes are so gross. Gross. Melody, how was your week? Well, my week was pretty superb. Once the weather stopped raining, uh, which really was starting to bring down my spirits by the end of the week, I just spent the whole weekend outside. Mm. I spent it outside. My son turned eight. We had a huge party. I mean, not huge, but um, huge for COVID times. And we went to an an outdoor putt-putt. It was perfect for a kid's birthday. If anyone has a kid's birthday, I would say, Find your local outdoor putt-putt, order a couple pizzas, done and done. It was magic. I mean, the kids were so happy. 
be able to be outside. They could be unmasked because, you know, they could social distance. They had an activity with the putt-putt and they, they just had such a good time. Highly recommend. Yay. Awesome. I also had a, I had a good week. Um, couple highlights of my week. I took like a very long two hour bike ride, which was pretty magical since the what? sun had finally come out. I yes. didn't know you bicycled. Well, in Omaha, they have, in, in Lincoln, you have B-cycles, or I don't know what they're called here, Heartland something cycle. Anyway, you can rent bikes. Some of them are electric, which makes two-hour bike rides a little more fun. I mean, not that they aren't always fun. Wait, you fun rented an electrical bike? Yeah. That's, That's cool. So, cool. so like, talk, like, talk about that. It, what does that mean? Like, it has a little motor, and then did it have a learning curve? Is it like a... It's, it's kind of like a pedal assist. So it only, you have to be pedaling for it to, you know, it's still work. Don't get me wrong, but makes a little, takes the edge off. Hmm. I also totally biffed it on the bike, but then when I was laying on the ground, I saw these butterflies in the air, which I would not have seen had I not biffed on my bike. There you go. See, so, you in that optimism. <laughs> So I'm going to take politics for just a second. You know, I mean, I'll just apologize in advance for being too cheesy. It is who I am. But I feel like in some ways, like 2020 is a little bit like that. Um, We've Mm -hmm. all fallen on the ground. There are skinned knees, concussions. We've lost some of us. But like, we are seeing each other's humanity in new ways we may Mm -hmm. actually have enough political momentum if we get the election right to create a new deal at every level of government and overhaul everything Mm -hmm. Um, may be possible i think we're on the cusp of that being possible i saw some twinkling of that possibility this weekend um i helped volunteer at a huge yard sign drive at the education association um and then the NDP had one across the street where people could pick up yard signs and there were people backed up for blocks and blocks and blocks and it was non-stop I mean a half an hour before the event was supposed to start there were just so many people already there and already getting signs it was amazing and everybody was super happy and there were people dancing where is that here I I feel like it's at like 42nd and F street or maybe it's 57th and F street, but okay. I'm not really good okay. with my numbers. Um, yeah, part of town, part of town. That's what I, was <laughs> I mean, I don't, my directions it's, it was further away from the river than 49th. So, um, on F. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, you can Google it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there Melody was, and I, so nice. It was amazing. Heartwarming. Melody and I both got signs in Lincoln this weekend. It was, yeah, they had O Street was lined with people just like dancing with yeah. political candidate signs. There were like down ballots. So uh, state board of ed, legislature, president. Um, I don't want to brag, but I got to see Judy King. So, you know, oh, made my weekend. I hope you're listening, Judy. <laughs> he is seriously a Nebraska hero. I, I got to see Lisa Fricky, who's running for State Board of Education, and 
she's fantastic. Nice. nice. I no, was, Santa. um, I was, I came home and I told my husband, I said, you know, it was so nice to go to a political event that was filled with happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, like the politics in Nebraska are so bad and they just they wear you down. They suck up the joy from your day. But it was just so happy. There was music. Everybody was laughing. I just, I just needed a reminder that it is actually the work we are doing is good. It's positive. It moves us forward. And I just needed to be reminded that we are all in this and there's so many people working on this mm-hmm. I, I really needed that in my life so it was so much better than just going to a party office and be like hey can I get some yard signs oh mm-hmm. sure let me go to the back room do, 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 do. and then you go home that's not rewarding uh this was a whole party it was like a block party it was awesome I, I hope this stays in the future I hope that these are you know yeah, And I saw they're doing them all across the state. Like Jane Club, she's been posting a lot about it where all the ones that she's going to. And I mean, it's a whole thing. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think, think it's good for people to see who just drive by. They're like, oh, look, there's a thing. And people are, turns out they're, the Democrats are not monsters. So those people who are very political and only know what they see on Facebook or the local news, they can see like, no, those are really nice looking people and they, you know, seem happy. And maybe that's something I want to be a part of. I thought that was they cool don't too. Have horns. Yeah. They're actually quite lovely. Well, Believe I it think- or not, Judy King in real life, so nice. Oh, in all life. She in is all life, nice. Yeah. It's just that nobody wants to talk to a nice person who holds you accountable. Right. Um, well, we all had a really great weekend and we're all in like really good mood and we're going to keep that even though we're going to talk about the hijinks in Nebraska news this week. Let's talk about um, the good thing again. Um, Stephanie, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, the write-in campaign against SAS. We're not going to mention the other dude. He doesn't deserve to be named either, but um, yep, who are we writing him. in? What's new? So thrilled. Um, Preston Love Jr. is going to be the write-in candidate. And tell us a little um, bit about him. I mean, I know, but tell our listeners. So he, uh, he's been a longtime community organizer in North Omaha. He's, he's so active in the community there. He does uh, fantastic voter outreach programs. Um, he helped start uh, Black Votes Matter in Omaha. Um, he's super kind and considerate um, and shows up time and time again. And so everybody can write in some love, which is much different than uh, the other options that we had in that race. So um, you have to fill in the bubble and then write in Preston Love um, as your candidate. For state Senate or for Senate, U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. For U.S. Senate. I kind and, of love it because I think it puts a when we started off the Trump years, there was this slogan of like, love Trump, hate. And I kind of hated it at the time. I still kind of hate it. Um, Me too. But 
But I think a lot of people, it really resonated with them. It was meaningful to them. And, you know, that's all, that's all wonderful. But this puts a pin on the Trump years in this very Nebraska way, where we have a man who his father was a famous musician. He himself was, and Omaha is known for uh, a dirty jazz scene back in the civil rights era. And then we have Preston Love Jr., who is this nationally known civil rights leader. He's got publications. He ran Jesse Jackson's presidential campaign. He has a foundation in Omaha. Like he's just everywhere. And and I just think that is actually so awesome that on your ballot where you're trying to vote out the worst president of our lifetime, you also get a ride in love. I think that's just so, I just love that that's what his name is. <laughs> I love that that is, you can't, there's no point in trying to push a leftist agenda. There's no point in trying to be a part of a movement if you don't actually love your community, if you don't love your state. And I think we all do. And, and I think this with the Senate race where we have a really vile person who is the nominee and a lot of people who voted for him didn't understand that when they voted for him. Uh, I think it's a cool way to wrap up our 2020 ballot to have that be the, the write-in and just even just the symbolism of his name, the fact he's a civil rights leader um, at the end of the summer of a Black Lives Matter revolution. I, I just, I'm really think it's such a, great and strategic uh, pick by the Democratic mm -hmm. Party. I think they, the executive team, I guess, is that how it works? Is that the executive team gets to select the write-in? Uh, they did a great mm -hmm. job. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I'm really so glad thrilled. he was. I'm so thrilled they would do it. That's what I was going to say. I'm glad he's available, available, available and willing and yep, he's that'd be really awesome. Time and talent. To, to do this and um anyway i'm thrilled well and he's not foolish he's already been quoted in the omaha paper he knows he's not going to win the senate race there there is no path to actually win um but what he does know is that when you run strong candidates you build your movement and you help He's going to help Kara Eastman. He's going to help Kate Bowles. He's going to help all the legislature candidates. He's going to help the State Board of Education candidates. Having a strong name of someone with good character and um, a history of community leadership, that helps every other race. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that he is willing to do that. And the man's in his 70s. And for him to love his community so much that he would take on an unwinnable task that is going to cost hundreds of uh, labor hours and probably his own money. And, you know, like it's, it's a big ask and I'm really grateful he said yes. Countless people asked for write in Preston love signs at the sign drive on Saturday, Aww. which I thought was a real testament to his work in the community. Oh, that's wonderful. Because people know him in Omaha. Everybody knows. The Jazz Love Museum is really famous in Omaha. Speaking of great things going on in Omaha, 
uh, Cara Eastman was endorsed by Joe Biden last night. So that's very exciting. And the, the little blue. Yeah. What does that mean? It's like, does the presidential nominee not just endorse all Democratic uh, congressional candidates? Why is no, that of so. note? Well, I think the thing that actually struck me about it, other than it's fantastic, and I appreciate that um, Joe Biden isn't just supporting uh, certain Democrats on the spectrum of blue, if you will, um, or mm-hmm. spectrum of sanity in some cases, but um, he, um, I mean, they must have done some numbers and know that, you know, uh, Vice President Biden's potential to get that um, electoral vote isn't hurt by endorsing Cara, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so him endorsing her would only, in my opinion, help her. So um, help her and not hurt him, which is great. It'll just even better voter turnout, hopefully, is the plan. That's Yeah, that's I'm really interesting. For- I think it's interesting that people will paint Cara Eastman with this you know, leftist, socialist, I'm whatever. Um, She's a, she's a social worker who wants people to have health care. There's just (laughs) nothing radical about that. Like, she's not a radical person. In any other Um, state, she would hardly be considered liberal. (laughs) I I like the the mailers that the, the Nebraska GOP are sending out that say, you know, like associating her with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> scary people that want what's best for the American people. I mean, <laughs> the nerve. It's the, the Nebraska Republican Party. I'm going to see if it's still up there. <laughs> but for a while, they had a button where you could donate to stop anti fascism. Like, <laughs> Like what? Like that fascism? You're funding fascism, right? Yeah, they are. Website. I remember that. I mean, it was okay. I'm going to their website right now, and I'm going to see if that is still there. If they are still pro-fascism on their website, um, yeah, no, there it is. Stop Antifa. Um, they are fascist by their own admission. Wow. They do not want anti-fascists to succeed in their work to stop fascism. Uh, So anything the Republican Party puts out, I would just consider it as pro-fascism and round file it. Right. So this is where we get into like the not so awesome stuff to talk about this week. Um, There's been some fascist bullshit going on this week. Uh, Let's get stupid rickets out of the way. Rickets, um, one of the big things this week, SNAP funds. The Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It was extend. The government is offering an extension because of COVID, and he- we are the only state that has turned down those funds. They're literally just sitting there. All he has to say is yes. Doesn't cost Nebraska anything, but Pete Ricketts says, "Well, people just need to get used to it." And he said, "Well, we're over the peak," which is ridiculous. Because Nebraska, Lincoln and Omaha are still on fire. The reality is whether or not we're over the peak is irrelevant. Those are our federal tax dollars. 
the mm-hmm. federal government wants to put back in Nebraska into our grocery stores, into our ag economy, into the food budgets of families. Mm-hmm. What is the, what, there's no, unless you just hate low income families eating. Yep. Because everything is children. positive. We already spent the money. We already gave the money to the federal government. It's just really like a Nebraska tax refund and all that money would flow back into our Nebraska economy. He's, he's the worst. He's the worst. (laughs) He he is the worst. It's just ridiculous. And it just, it just frustrates me. Um, On the other hand, one of the other things, this is mainly related to Ricketts, thankfully. Um, One of the other things the government, and this, I don't think a lot of people know yet, um, the government extended um, some funding for from the USDA um, to pay for 100% of school lunches, not just kids who are on free and reduced lunch. Really? And that, yes, that will either go, it started last week and it will either go through December or until money runs out. I don't know what that looks like, but I am a huge, and it's breakfast and lunch, I should say, but I'm a huge proponent of schools should absolutely be giving every single kid a free breakfast and lunch, including mine. And I don't, yes, I can afford to feed them, but that's not the point. They should have access and every kid should have the same access to the same nutrition so that they can function at school and in society, regardless of what family troubles might be going on or regardless of COVID. And I, I'm signing my kids up. I'm so excited. Like they, they have done, cold lunches mostly because um there were some food issues and stuff in our home for a while but this is how it should be so I'm really excited about that and Ricketts can't mess it up (laughs) the thing about about free and reduced lunch to me is because we because everything is connected and the longer you listen to this podcast the more you'll hear me say that uh (laughs) Because we pay poverty wages to the working class, and the working yep. class is most Americans, um, because we pay poverty wages, we have a ton of schools with over 50% of the kids on free and reduced lunch. You know, Lincoln Public Schools, we're a city that's been largely, largely untouched by the economic collapse like from 2009 and largely I would say a large portion of Lincoln is mostly okay after COVID too. I mean, compared to some other places and 47.6% of LPS students qualify for free and reduced lunch. Right. And if you have that many kids that qualify, how -hmm. much paperwork we have somebody whose job it is to just process thousands of pieces of paperwork. My guess is I think it would be really interesting to hear from an economist when you cut out all that paperwork and you cut out all the meetings and like the tracking of lunch money, who spent their lunch money, who didn't, Mm -hmm. how do we process lunch money payments? When you cut all that out and you say, you know what, we're going to have lunches, I bet you break even. Well, and there are other school districts that have done it way before this. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what my point is. Oh, I hope Kids paying for school lunches or breakfast stays in the before time and does not follow us to the after COVID time. I think that. I hope so too. This is an Agreed. Fully agree. Um, 
Oh, I know what I'm going to say. In relation to, um, you were talking about um, the poverty wages and stuff. Something similar today, I saw like, I don't, not a meme, but a post I shared, um, you know, it's suicide prevention month. And this really hits home for me. It says, it's just a reminder that affordable housing is suicide prevention. Livable wages are suicide prevention. Universal healthcare is suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. And uh, dad just, that hits all of my buttons. Like, absolutely. That's why we fight for these things. That's why we need better people in our leadership positions. Um, all right. Now the depressing stuff. No! <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. The legal challenges. So there were ballot initiatives to get expanded gambling and medical marijuana on the ballot. Uh, they both got enough signatures. They both were challenged by different people. Um, gambling, I think, wasn't that challenged by Secretary of State? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And yep. um, marijuana was challenged by Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner. Mm. saying that it would be too hard to enforce or whatever and what's really weird to me and maybe you guys have a different take on it but it seems to me that they both came down to the same thing but the supreme court decided differently the nebraska supreme court decided differently on each one that they were both had too many pieces so like bob evnan bob evnan yeah was saying that the gambling one had too many pieces and that's why it couldn't be on the ballot and the supreme court said nope it's fine and then marijuana, that's what their argument was against it, was there's too many pieces and that it can't be all clumped together in a piece of legislation. And the and four or whatever, a slight majority of the Supreme Court said, yeah, it is. We can't put that on the ballot. <laughs> yeah, so Bob Evnen's decision was challenged on both cases and they found him wrong in both cases, even though- But he anyway. was against gambling. He was saying that he gambling that issues couldn't run. go on, and they said yes. Yeah, it's just. And he said, I think it just said goes to show that our. It just goes to show that our Secretary of State is cares more about the politics of the governor than good governance. If he got both wrong. Agreed. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to vote on medical marijuana which is ridiculous. They said they're coming up, the, you know, the coalition, the group's coming up with a new plan and they're not going to stop. And it's another reason why it matters more than ever on who you vote for locally and your state senator, who maybe you didn't used to know who it was, it matters. And you need to know how they feel on an issue like that. Yep. Because um, I think Lincoln we're only two votes short, right? Well, there's In only, the legislature. we're only a few votes short of getting medical marijuana passed. In the, in the legislature. We were, two, we were two votes short last time. So if we could flip two seats, it's very reasonable um, mm-hmm. that that could be fixed. So And keep the seats we have. So yep, yep. I think but, that those will be fine. But. Interestingly enough, a lot of the Supreme Court um, judges were appointed by Ricketts. Huh, imagine mm-hmm. that. And one of them is on the ballot and you all voters get to decide on whether we retain him or not. And one of the ones who voted against Miracle Marijuana and his name is Jeffrey Funk. I don't think it's funky. 
but either way he's got a funk he's funky I don't know but um it's not very often that we have a case high profile enough to say yeah I really don't want to retain that guy or I really do want to retain that gal but um, um this might be the one folks that you decide you don't want to retain and I know it's a single issue I know Melody's already getting ready to argue about that <laughs> no 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 I wasn't what were you gonna say well I was going to say that while I generally think it is bad governance for people to vote on judges because really they just should have a period of time. You're a judge for 20 years, you're out. Um, I mean, that's my sense, but I think it would send quite a message to the Ricketts administration if we could see across the state we really did care about medical marijuana. We cared enough, we're going to kick out your judge. I think that would create a political statement that would, one, ensure that our Supreme Court was well aware we expect them to be above the politics, we expect them to be immersed in the law and above the politics, and two, the Ricketts administration needs to be doing what's right for Nebraska and not just doing whatever they personally think they want to do. Mm-hmm. They need to do what's right by the people of the state. The medical marijuana issue has been vetted by other states. We're a conservative state. We often go last on things for good and for bad, but there are huge tax incentives. We're giving all our money to Colorado. That's ridiculous. Uh, we There's a farming issue. We know that like all the hemp farmers are ready to go. We have this whole economic infrastructure ready to go. And um, one governor should not be able to have this much power over our state on a pretty well-established issue well, that the people desperately want. It should be something we can figure out since, I don't know, 36 other states have. Right, um, right. It's not like we have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, right, and that's so. not totally the standard just because 36 states do it. Um, you know, 49 states don't have a unicameral, but um, but it's working in 36 states. They have a healthy yeah. ecosystem of people who are able to get some pain management in a non-opioid format. And it's a tax boon in a state where we cannot fund our university, we cannot fund our schools, we cannot fund basic infrastructure like all the bridges across the state. Um we need that tax money. Yep. Yeah, and I bet and it know, would create more jobs than the Keystone Pipeline. Hell yeah, it would create because you'd have more all these um, all these people involved <laughs> in the, you know from growing to making to selling. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the baby boomers are all getting to an age where if they don't already need it for some of their issues medically, they're gonna pretty quick oh gosh we couldn't have done this if the boomers weren't driving it i know this isn't a uh, youth issue actually like this is yeah. like we have this huge aging population and they yeah. all want edibles because yeah. their bones hurt i have i have family in iowa and i've had multiple and it's it, medical is legal there with the doctors no and i have had multiple family members who've had to use it and it makes it such an enormous difference in their quality of life that mm-hmm. like 
I'm, and it's still incredibly hard to get in Iowa. Like they have, I think, three dispensaries in the entire state. Wow. So you have to drive quite a ways to get it. And so, I mean, like you're not messing around. And then of course your doctor has had to have approved and you have to have a card and all of this. Um, but if, if Iowa can do it, we can do this. We can do mm-hmm. this. But I think not getting rid of that judge would be a really uh, good first step to show the legislature when they go back to session in January, how serious we are as a body like we will oust you. You will not retain yeah. your seat if you are not with us on this. We want and this we want medical marijuana. And at this point, just legalize all of it. And this now is that the governor's done this, just do the whole See, thing. That's what I was gonna say. Like I think if they don't get medical passed, then that'll be the next big push. People are tired of it and they're just gonna want all of it. And I mean, um, I'm fine with it. Legalize the whole thing. I, Whatever. I don't really care because like you're not going to still be able to drive with it and stuff. It doesn't bother me. But I'll tell you what is really interesting. I went to Vegas two years in a row, almost like to the same month. And the first time I went, this was a few years ago, but the first time I went, they were trying to pass medical marijuana. And so there was billboards everywhere saying, vote yes, vote yes, vote yes. And then I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know I was going to go back. And the next year of Vegas, I went back and it had passed. And instead, there was a dispensary on every flipping street corner <laughs> because they legalized all marijuana wow. everywhere. And so instead of billboards voting, it was twice as many billboards to buy it. It was just wow. Crazy. It was crazy. It was so weird to like just a year later, all these places popped up, but. That does not surprise me about Vegas. And it's interesting. I have, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but I have never done any kind of drug. I've never smoked any kind of thing, not even a cigarette. I don't even know how, but um, I'm also not interested and I'm cheap. I'm not going to be, you're not going to turn me into some drug addict or something. And not even that marijuana does that necessarily, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not something I'm going to mess around with because I'm like, I don't have the money to go buy weed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like they tax the shit out of it. Like they should. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm never going to, it's not my thing. But if I needed it for medical, I'd like to have the choice for sure. In Colorado, mm-hmm. they take 28 cents for every dollar spent. Wow. It all goes. <clears throat> and they've done some amazing things with those dollars in Colorado. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like we've kind of come around to a better side of talking about the issue. We, we could talk all night, but I wonder if we should just, you know, end it here, ladies. We don't have to talk an hour every time we do. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure our listeners will be so sad. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll hear from us next week. Well, I just want to say, like, I think there's a lot to be hopeful for and you know what I want to talk about next time is I've been listening to this mm-hmm. podcast about the environment um and I don't have the name on but I'll have it next week and maybe I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes but mm-hmm. I want to talk about um what a new deal might look like so Ooh, let's yes. let's everybody think on that and listeners if you have any ideas uh that you want to make sure that we include shout it out I want to talk about green new deal I'm putting that on the agenda for next week Love it. Okay. Maybe you should send it to us so we can listen ahead of time. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it. April, what are you reading? 
oh my gosh, I'm reading a good book. It's just fiction. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. No, just on Friday, this new book came out and I bought the ebook right away because I was not What? You wait. never buy ebooks. What is happening? No, I buy ebooks when I don't want to wait. It's um, Frederick Bachman who wrote A Man Called Ove and um, Beartown and... Um, there's another one about the grandmother. I love all of his books. I love them. Um, and his new one's called Anxious People. And it's so good. And I thought when I, I was excited just because I was like, I'm going to read his next book, whatever it is. I didn't even read it. And then I bought it and I was a little worried because it's about um, like eight people who end up accidental hostages in a failed bank attempt, bank robbery attempt. And I was like, oh, I don't want to read about hostages and shootings and guns and stuff I don't know and then because it's Frederick Bachman it's not really about that it's about the people and the crazy weird ways they all ended up there and twisted together and the problems they're having and I love it I am you guys I didn't even want to get on the pod for a minute because I'm like one chapter from the (laughs) end (laughs) there's April I know but I've devoured it since Friday night so it's been two days it's a good one All right, ladies, you have a good week, okay? All right. Good night. Bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at SeeingRedNE or contact us via email at SeeingRedNE at ProtonMail.com.